In the age of Instagram and social sharing, brick-and-mortar businesses offer a unique advantage that even the biggest and best online platforms can't compete with. On Brick and Mortar Reborn, we talk with business owners and industry experts about what they're seeing work best for brick and mortar businesses who aren't just competing with their online counterparts, but thriving in spite of all the options that customers now have. We'll share exactly what you can do to set yourself up for success with an experience that wows your customers and keeps them coming back for more. And now our host, Bobby Maramat. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today we have a very special guest with us, Scott Williams, CEO of Batteries Plus. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I know our guests are really going to enjoy this. Based on kind of looking uh, a little bit about Batteries Plus, I have a little bit of uh, knowledge across you know what you guys are doing, but why don't you give our listeners a little bit of a view of what Batteries Plus is all about and, and maybe your, your story of how you got started with Batteries Plus. Yeah, it's been a fascinating ride for us. We have 720 stores, and we're in 48 states, and we're about 89% our franchise and 11% our corporate. We started out primarily in just batteries, but through the course of time, the batteries have expanded, and we now sell auto, we sell for golf carts, we sell for boats, ATV, UTV, and then in the last five or six years, we've gotten heavily into services. So we repair cell phones, we are able to program key fobs, and we sell commercially. About 30% of our business is B2B. You know, as, as you've been, of course, uh, you know, in March of this year, we, we've all gone through you know, shutdowns and changes in the business and all that good stuff. What, what have you seen as you know, some of the biggest changes since, uh, since the beginning of the year? Well, it was fascinating for us because prior to the pandemic, we didn't actively use the word essential. But certainly when everything happened and the shelter in place went in, we quickly learned how essential our products were. We sell some products that go into wheelchair batteries, some that go into thermometers, et cetera. And so all of our stores stayed open during the pandemic. Having said that, the shopping behavior changed. And within 48 hours, we needed to roll out contactless curbside service. So we would have masks and gloves, meet people at the curb. We could drop in auto batteries or replace a thermometer battery for folks that would drive by. We already had square devices so we could take payment at the curb. And we were really excited to be able to roll that out within 48 hours. And I think it helped us really weather the changes in shopping behavior that happened so quickly. Makes sense. Makes sense. And did you see kind of any sort of trends happen? Again, you have a bunch of uh, franchise stores and, and corporate stores. Trends happen across the United States that were different, maybe in pockets of the United States, or was it pretty much the same business across the board? It was pretty similar, but the story of our product categories is sort of a story of how the pandemic played out. So let's say the first two weeks were, you know, thermometer batteries and healthcare related and essential in that way. About four weeks in was device repair and laptop chargers. So now Zoom from home, homeschooling, I now have my home as an office and I'm being tested on some things like that. Then about two months in, it was boats, motorcycles, golf carts. It's now what can I do social distancing that is safe, but to be able to get out of the house. And during that time, we actually had a national shortage on batteries that go into power wheels. So power wheels are these cars that kids drive out in the cul-de-sac. And, you know, folks were trying to figure out how am I going to get the kids out of the house or, or grandparents, et cetera. And so you could see everything play out in that regard. So it's continued on 
in the last three to four months, we've had record sales as folks have really looked at some of these categories and has continued into the fall with the warm weather and with the social distancing activities. What are some of the things that you think coming out of this pandemic, whatever this new normal looks like, what do you think some things that um, you think will, will stick as far as, you know, either operational changes or um, some, some things that will, you know, kind of evolve uh, over, the, over the coming months? I think one of the biggest things is that the adoption of technology across consumers has undergone a massive change. And I think it's with all age groups. So it just think of everyone in their own personal lives. You know, kids have always been quick to adopt technology, but now we have folks in their 50s, 60s, and 70s who know how to Zoom. You know, they may be listening to podcasts, right? They know Netflix. You know, they have been able to FaceTime. And so in a lot of those cases, they've also learned how to DoorDash and to be able to carry out from restaurants. So I don't think that behavior totally changes. I think folks will want to utilize, you know, in-person retail, but they'll do it at a more cautious pace. And so as we go forward, I think the things we've done like We've rolled out an appointment setting tool online where you can book your appointments for a device repair or to get a battery in your car, being alerted of your appointment, reminders by text alerts. Those are things that are becoming table stakes now and I think will not go away. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Were there um, different technology trends that you saw, again, different kind of uh, in pockets of the United States or, or is, is that the same as what you said? It's, it's been pretty kind of similar across the, across the board. It's been really similar. The difference for us geographically has been that 2020 not only threw at us a pandemic, but they threw at us a record hurricane season. And we're very helpful in hurricanes for batteries and generators and a variety of things like that. It threw out as wildfires uh, in California, as you well know, and to be able to prepare our first responders. And at times, we've had different types of uh, unrest around the country. And so we've been there to be able to be prepared. But those are all issues outside of the pandemic. As you've been, you know, again, looking at different different things uh, in, in kind of merging maybe experiences between your offline and online segments of your business. Are there things that you, or changes that you made outside of, you know, we talked about how you uh, adopted curbside outside of that and any other changes that you made to the business? Well, the other changes that we've made is that we have an e-commerce business that has 34,000 SKUs. So it's been very important for us to be able to go wide for the variety of uses and to be able to utilize our e-commerce business for buy online, pick up in store. And if you think about this, it's pretty amazing that most of the country is like 1% buy online, pick up in store. And for our e-commerce business, we're 97% bops. So of all of our e-commerce business, 97% come to the store. So we think of our business not as a product or a service business, but a product plus services, meaning that you want to get that product and have it installed and have the expertise. And there's a lot of talk in the market about immediacy and the speed that ha happens to come from pure play retailers. And yet ours is an interesting way in that of our e-commerce business, 63% of our orders are picked up within five hours. So that's even faster than the next day because of this is a needs-based business. You have a, a broken phone, you need to get a watch battery, you need to get your laptop charged. You typically are wanting to do it very quickly. So we found that our immediacy needs have gone very high and to have that percentage within the same day has been something I think that will 
continue and is required to put pressure on us to make sure we have best-in-class in-stock levels, best-in-class appointment setting to meet that immediacy. Scott, what's what's important to you, given that so much of your you know, business, either people come in store or, you know, like you said, a high percentage buy online, pick up in store. What's important to you for that in store or, you know, in location experience? Well, it's really important for us to satisfy every single time. We have about 80 to 85% of our customers come directly to an associate or to the point of sale to ask questions. So oftentimes it's an assisted purchase. And about 90 to 95% of the time, they buy something. So there's very little of just, hey, I'm, let me browse around, seeing if I see something I like. We're solving a need. And the thing that's been most important for us is that while I'm really proud of our franchise network, there are times that we have goods and services that everyone does not know we have. And so I'll meet people that say, oh, I come into you for device repair, but I didn't think of you for an auto battery. Or I'll come in for a boat battery, but I didn't know that it cost me 250 bucks to get my key fob replaced at a dealership and you guys will do it for under 100 bucks and can program it. So what is really important for us during this time is that we're experiencing new customers and it's important for us to have them understand the breadth of service. And if we can delight them, they're going to become lifetime value customers. Are there, you know, other retailers that are listening to this, you know, part of the question that comes uh, across a lot to us is, you know, what are some things that I I need to make sure, maybe, you know, operators, uh, there's not a huge amount of operators that are in that, you know, 20 to 25 to 50 store kind of range that have the, the luxury of, of having all the learnings of a, of a larger enterprise like yourself. What are some things that you would give as advice to those, you know, kind of mid-stage operators that are really trying to strive to both survive uh, out of these times, but also start to thrive, really? Well, I think it's important that the consistency of the service happens every day. So it's, it's definitely been a challenging environment to hire and staff. And so as we go forward, the retention of employees, I think, is more important than ever. And one of the things we've tried to do is to not only have the procedures that make folks comfortable to be able to come in, not only from a health point of view, our cleaning procedures that we implemented, et cetera, but also to have them have meaningful work. And it's different by every different retailer. But as we think about it, we have a segment of our employees who just really love to repair phones. You know, that's sort of like what they would want to do on their free time and love to fiddle with gadgets and to repair things. And it gives them a lot of satisfaction. We also try to look at what we can do from implementing some incentive programs for folks to be able to either have really high medallia scores, which is our net promoter score, or to be able to introduce folks to a breadth of product and services. And so as we go forward, I don't think the size, us having 720 stores, makes us more uniquely able to have retention and compensation programs that can reward and retain folks. Um, those can be done at 20 to 50 store chains as well. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And, and I think one of the things that you you pointed out is making sure that you take care of employees and you focus on that employee experience as much as the customer experience is, is, is even more growingly important these days. Well, it's always been funny. There's been this uh, kind of triangle that people look at. Do you take care of customers first? Do you take care of employees first? Or do you take care of you know, bottom line and shareholders first? And I think during this time, I've always kind of leaned into the customer first, and that's really what drives us. But right now, as you take care of employees first, they will in turn take care of your customers. And I think that can be a real differentiator. 
Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Are there things that you're thinking, Scott, as you were kind of, again, treading these pandemic days uh, that you think other retailers should avoid doing? Are there things that you kind of that were pinpointed areas that they should not be focusing on as they're, again, trying to you know, make sure that they get out of the pandemic and start growing again? Yeah, I think there's a couple things that can happen. One is I think it's important to be a real student of retail and which of the trends that are happening right now are going to be permanent changes and which of which are sort of a post-COVID impact. So I think there's been a have and have nots. And people talk a lot about mall-based retailers versus other based retailers. And while that's a piece of it, I think part of it is to really look at where is your product and service truly differentiated? Do you have items that are owned brands or things that are not widely available elsewhere? And have you bundled that with services that others do not have, whether that's installation, whether that's appointment setting, whether that's knowledgeable staff that can help find products and services. And right now, I think the trends are becoming pretty clear, at least for the short term, that those that are related to things that are staycation is a term being used, year of the RV, people traveling by RV versus planes, uh, lawn and garden, uh, what's happening with boats, golf, etc. And to think about where are some of those things headed that can really be helpful. In our case, it's been really important for uh, folks are, are spending on their homes. Right now, we have a new line of smart home products that is called Genie that will do the ring doorbell type of service that folks want to have with a lot of deliveries hitting their front doorstep, Nest type of thermostats, a different brand than that, but to be able to control your temperatures remotely, to be able to have backup batteries for your alarms and smoke detectors, et cetera. And so a lot of places I think that will continue beyond the pandemic as folks invest in their homes. As you're thinking about, you know, the different products and, you know, one of the things that you pinpointed is, you know, as, as you talk to different people, they don't know, you know, the, the amount of things that you're, you're carrying in stores and the amount of solutions that you have for them for the different, you know, different products that they're using day in and day out. What are some approaches that you take to, to creating more of that education and that in-store experience? Well, there's a couple of things. I'll tell you a learning we had that was uh, not successful the first day or two, and that was when the pandemic happened, we used sandwich boards and basically put signs out in front of our retail store because we would be in a strip center and many of our other neighbors were closed, yet we were essential and open. So we put sandwich boards out that said, you know, contactless curbside available. And a couple of times people would get out of their car and they'd start to walk back to their car and we would say, hey, I'm sorry, could we help you? And they said, oh, I thought you only had contactless curbside. I can actually come in. We said, yeah, you can. We need to revise that sign that either is available to be able to go forward. So that's been really important. Additionally, the changing landscape of the real estate has really been crazy because we're a, a concept and one of the few that are thriving in this environment that can be in the inline strip centers. That's where most of ours are. And our business does not have a drive-through. So anybody that's in think of coffee shops and donuts and, and smoothies is really wanting drive-throughs because that's the preferred method right now as folks are trying to figure out if they're comfortable with dining rooms. So the availability for real estate for our new franchise owners, we've, we've recruited in 20 of them in the last two to three months as they've seen this be an essential business with opportunities to expand within real estate. And 
we've taken the opportunity at times where we'll paint a curb out front and it might say free battery testing. And so we'll have people pull up and they'll pop in and go, I assume that means you'll test my auto battery. And we say, yeah, we'll be right out, pop up the hood. And then a lot of times we'll tell them, no, you're just fine. And you know, the best retailers are not always trying to close a sale. They're trying to get a customer for life. And if not, we can not only sell the battery, but drop it in for them right out front. And so I think it's interesting as we go forward, there were, were times people were driving along the road and they would almost scan the strip center looking for an open sign, trying to figure out who was open as a lot of folks didn't make it back out of this. And so we've had to be nimble in that regard. Makes sense. Makes absolute sense. Scott, as you're, you know, uh, of course, outside of Batteries Plus, as you're, you know, shopping, what, what is one of your favorite stores and in-store experiences? Well, one of the things I've found, and this is sort of an adjacent category for us, but I've, I've been able to watch some brands like Discount Tire and some others that are in a similar business where they have product plus service. And one of the things I've found is that they're doing some things like we are where folks will air up your tires. They'll give you a check on the length of your tread and when you will need tires next. They'll inform you what type of tires you have, be able to do appointment setting. And I think the very best ones are doing that are taking this opportunity to really show that, hey, this is an opportunity to educate you, help you, not necessarily always be trying to sell something, but being able to look that uh, there's additional services and bundling that I think will make a big difference. And, and what I've found is that as those things happen, there are people like Discount Tire who are in a space that is not it's not uncrowded. I mean, there's plenty of folks in that space, right? But so you really have to differentiate with service. And so I've been impressed with how they're doing it and follows a lot of our strategies. For some retailers, um, it's been known you know, during the pandemic, they've been able to use, you know, as they've been kind of pushing more towards, you know, online sales or, you know, other types of sales, if, if they haven't had the luxury of being open, one of the big learnings that's come out of this is inventory that people want to buy and maybe even trimming down the level levels of inventory in locations based on what you learn from the pandemic, right? And where people are like concentrated. Did you have any of those learnings as you were, um, you know, kind of, again, looking through kind of the data for this year as, as we went into the pandemic? Yeah, a couple of things that that happened for us is our sessions were up over 50%. So we had record numbers of users on our site, and our conversion jumped about 60% as well. And so while our total e-commerce business is about 10% of our sales, which isn't as large as some, but with the 97% buy online pickup in store, it's a fairly significant piece of business for us. But additionally, what we found was that early on when folks were a little bit pressured from the shelter in place before our our business really rebounded quickly, which was about a six-week period, certainly there was pressure on our franchise owners to think about, hey, if sales are down slightly because folks are not comfortable coming in and I'm operating and I have one or four or six stores, I need to be smart about the amount of inventory I bring in. So we have a national support and basically distribution center where we stock the product nationally for all of our franchise owners and deliver it weekly. 
but we also worked with our battery suppliers to use their local depots to keep the inventory as distributed and as close to our franchise owners as we could. So that if there was some pressure in trying to maintain inventory levels, they would have the ability to get it in same day, next day, and still satisfy the customer without holding the inventory. And what we found was that was really critical, certainly for the first couple of months. And then once the PPP and stimulus checks came in, that helped ease it a little at the time where we started moving into a couple, we've had two months in double-digit comps, heavily driven by retail. So that was important to be able to lean into inventory once the, the sales trends changed. That's a great learning. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. What are some, uh, you know, as we kind of roll into technologies that the companies are using to either, again, be able to close some gaps either in today's way that they transact with customers or in the future, what are some technologies that you think have been adopted at a faster pace and expected either during the pandemic or previous to that? Well, I think the first one definitely is mobile, and that's been helpful for us for two reasons. One is that we repair the phones. So as folks are happening with that, you know, if you used to look around just a few years ago and you still saw a fair amount of people with landlines, and now even folks at a upper age groups have cut the cord and have gone without landlines and they have other ways to handle those services, whether it's 911 or security, et cetera. So the use of the phone as everything, right? It's it's how you FaceTime an older relative. It's how you Zoom. It's how you do podcasts. It's how you do your your camera. That piece has become just a universal device. And the flip side of it is that you can't live without it, right? And especially millennials like my kids, you know, getting a phone repair that was the longest hour of their life. (laughs) (laughs) What am I going to do to be without this thing for an hour? But I think the other thing is that you have to become really good at optimizing your sessions And what we've been able to do is utilize pixel technology and others that the performance of your e-commerce system, and a lot of people call it responsive design, has to optimize on a mobile device as well as it does on an iPad or a desktop, given that over half of the traffic is on mobile devices. So as we go forward and folks look for us, and maybe they're searching for cell phone repair near me, and it comes up on local maps and shows a location of our batteries plus, it's important that it's optimized on that mobile device because now folks are comfortable going ahead and making the appointment or going ahead and and completing the transaction and have high expectations for that to be able to be above the fold on the mobile device. So I think that part has been it used to be folks would move away from mobile because, you know, it didn't feel like it was the, the same ease of use, where now I think that's something that is there to stay. So that helps us from not only our interaction with folks from marketing and SEO and search and local map products, but also in the importance of that device. What technology do you think uh, here in the future will have the biggest impact on shaping, you know, brick and mortar re- retail? Well, I think the biggest thing that's going to happen is that there has to be an integrated omni-channel experience. And I think that a lot of brick and mortar may got caught a little bit by surprise here. Everyone's been talking about omni-channel, talking about the various ways you can buy online, pick up and store, or ship from store to door, or have deliveries. And I think that as that goes forward, there's this huge expectation that everything works seamlessly together. So one of the things that's been important for us is 
our 700 store 20 stores all have a, a vehicle they have a truck or a van that's able to deliver and in a lot of those cases it's been really important for us because when you get into a pandemic and there's a need at a hospital we can deliver quickly if somebody needs motorized for wheelchairs or a hospital bed and then as we've gone forward a couple of industries that have been pressured like schools and churches um, now are starting to come back into session and they put off lighting jobs and they put off a variety of replacing exit sign batteries and things like that and i think it's going to be really important this combination of not thinking about retail as just a physical store but as a store facing with a suite of services that oftentimes is going to be more and more mobile in the future and be able to optimize all those together. Yeah, great advice. That's, that's great advice. Yeah, any, any sort of last, uh, this was a wealth of information, by the way, thank you. Any sort of last pieces of advice for, for retailers out there as they're, you know, again, uh, trying to get through these days and start to th- thrive again? Yeah, my last piece of advice is it, it was actually stolen from one of our franchise owners who said to me early on in the pandemic, he said, Scott, every day in a pandemic is a week. Every week in a pandemic is a month and every month is the year. So what I found was every Friday I'm putting out email communication, webinars, Zoom, product trends, category, number of cases. And I would say for retailers, whether you're franchise or not, communicate, 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 because folks are out there just trying to assess what's happening around them and picking up whatever news feed they have. And when you can give relevant information to them, comparative stats for other retailers, how are you doing? We're actually doing better than most. I think that's been probably my biggest learning through this, and I think it's served us well. That's great. Great advice. Great advice. Uh, One last one before I let you go. Uh, if, If someone's visiting Kind of you're, and I believe you said you're in the Milwaukee area. What are some favorites around there they should make sure to visit? Well, I think it's really important here. If you're visiting Milwaukee, it's been a classic place where everyone loves the activities they love. So we have beer gardens at all the parks. Uh, folks are love the local craft beers, and you pick up some cheese curds to support the local economy, and then every, put on your hat and support the Green Bay Packers. So we've really had some nice deals. Um, There's some great uh, retailers that have historically been based up here and it's been a long track record. And so it's a great community that's, that really supports their own. That's awesome. Thank you for that. That was great. Again, Scott, thank you for taking the time. I I know our listeners are really going to appreciate this guidance and uh, thank you uh, again for, uh, for spending some time with us today. Thank you. I thought it was terrific. I really enjoyed the session and thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Brick and Mortar Reborn. To find the resources mentioned in this show and detailed show notes, head over to brickandmortarreborn.com.